In schools across the country, educators and staff are pushing gender transition and they're instructed to keep this information secret from the parents. But a parent in Massachusetts is fighting back and they're suing the school district. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Woman's Splaining Podcast. And today we're talking about gender identity in schools and keeping this information secret from parents. It's happening all over the country. Here in Washington State, where I live, it is a, it's actually a state law that these schools, to be gender inclusive, keep this information secret from parents educators, school staff, they are not allowed to share gender transition information with parents without the express consent of the student. We've got in the schools with this whole gender inclusive idea, they are requiring now the schools to teach the gender inclusion, the different gender identities. This is exactly what the Florida parental rights in education, also known by the left as the Don't Say Gay Bill, was designed to address the gender identity stuff in the lower grades. So the Florida law specifically speaks to K through third graders and um, not being able to push gender identity on the youngest students. Across the country, states have made laws regarding gender-inclusive schools, and part of this includes keeping information about gender identity secret from parents. And this is not new. I was looking through some information on Washington State schools, and this goes back as far as 2012. A teacher in Spokane shared with me a document that went back to 2015. So we're looking at five, seven, ten years ago, these documents were produced and shared with staff. This has been going on. I can only speak to Washington State Legislature because that's where I live and so that's what I am involved in. This has been going on for many, many years and the left has slowly been pushing this agenda into our schools. Well, here we are today in 2022 and they have fast-tracked everything. In fact, I was watching, Glenn Beck did a special last night about CRT and CSE and SEL, so critical race theory, comprehensive sex education, and social emotional learning in our schools. And as part of the special, he shared a clip from Dennis Prager of PragerU from 2019. And he was on the Jon Stewart show with a panel of guests. And he shared about men menstruating, that it's going to become a time where we can't say that men can't menstruate. This was 2019 and they were all, the whole panel was laughing at him for making this statement. As you probably know, today in 2022, you can get canceled from most social media platforms if you say something like men can't menstruate or men can't get pregnant. So look at how quickly, 2019 to 2022, look at how quickly that happened. And they've taken this in our schools from 2012, creating these documents and this 
gender inclusive schools idea. And now here we are in 2022. It's like they have been setting the stage for exactly where we are at this moment in time. So when parents come back and say, what is going on? They've already got the documents in place and this is state law and there's nothing parents can do about it. But this family in Massachusetts decided that they were going to do something about it. One of my uh, Twitter followers tipped me off to this and she said this would be a great idea for a podcast. Yes, this is what so many of us as parents and even if you don't have kids or your kids are out of school, concerned citizens, we don't want this going on in our schools. We don't want this going on in our society, what they are doing by indoctrinating our children with this gender identity and getting kids to transition. There's so much wrong with this and it's so damaging on so many levels. These parents sued Ludlow Public Schools who were promoting their two children, 11 and 12, their two children, 11 and 12, to transition. They are suing from a constitutional perspective. And I asked one of my friends who is a lawyer in Washington state uh, who deals with, you know, some of these legislative things and specifically in education. And I asked her, is this the kind of thing that a parent in Washington state would be able to bring to a higher court because of the constitutionality of infringing upon the parental rights? And she said, yes. And in fact, she said she's got three law groups in Washington state that are looking for plaintiffs. So if you are a parent in Washington state who has experienced this in the school with your own child, please reach out to me so that I can connect you to my friend who will then connect you to these law groups that can help you sue the schools to help your child. And so I'm going to link this particular article from the New York Post in the show notes, but I want to read you a segment of the article. So the the children's names are not being disclosed because they're only 11 and 12, so they're using initials. So BF, who is 11, wrote in a February 28, 2021 email to school staff listing the pronouns they preferred according to the legal filing. I am genderqueer. My name will be, it's redacted, if you dead name me or use any pronouns I am uncomfortable with, I will politely tell you a list of pronouns you can use are she, her, he, him, they, them, fey, feyre, er, vi, ver, zi, zem, zi, zer. Please only use the ones I have listed and not the other ones. I do not like them. BF wrote, so... <laughs> I don't even know how to say some of these. I've never heard some of these. Uh, Faye and Feyre, and that's spelled F-A-E-F-A-E-R-A-E, two different pronouns there. And it looks to me like this child has really covered the whole gamut of pronouns here um, in this list. If you're a parent, you know how easily influenced kids are, especially teenagers. And as I read this list of pronouns, I really, I think of my own kids and I think of how easy it is to go along with whatever the current thing is with your peers. And clearly that's what I'm seeing here. And I, it's really appalling that an adult would push this kind of stuff on our kids because 
as anyone with a sane brain knows, you read this stuff and you know it's so out there and it's so garbage and it's so false. My heart really goes out to these parents because I know firsthand what it feels like when your child is being given this kind of information at school and being encouraged to experiment with gender identity issues. And it's so damaging to our kids. And their their lawyer said in, in this article, the term groomer is being used a lot today. Imagine what goes through any parent's mind when you have some other adult talking to your kid about sexuality and saying, we're going to hide this conversation from your parents. I don't know about you, but I remember a day not that long ago when we would tell children, all adults would tell children, that you don't keep anything from your parents. And anyone who's encouraging you to keep secrets from your parents, you need to tell someone about that. And this Beckwith is correct. That's grooming behavior. And it used to be that we could call it out. We were supposed to call it out. And we told our kids that this was grooming behavior and to be very careful and report adults that were talking to them about these issues. And now we are encouraging them to keep it a secret from their parents. I was watching uh, an interview that Michael Knowles from the Daily Wire was doing with Helena Kirshner. Helena is a young lady who has come out um, speaking against transitioning kids into transgender. She actually detransitioned when she was 18. She transitioned from female to male, and now she has transitioned back to female, and she's sharing her story. She is amazing. She's brave. She's very articulate, and I believe that God is going to use her voice and her story to help so many people and so many parents I'm linking the interview in the show notes so that you can go watch it. And I encourage you to go watch it. It's a a little over a half hour. It is worth every minute. And please share it because parents need to know this. And it's a great one to watch with kids. If you have teenagers that are learning about this stuff in schools, which they likely are, this is a great way to expose them to the truth so that they can hear and see firsthand how this impacts real people in real life and the damage that it does. One of the things that Helena talked about in her interview with Michael Knowles is that she was encouraged to cut off her relationships with her family if they did not fully, completely accept her transition and her new name and her new identity. And she did that. And she cut off her parents, she cut off her siblings, and she cut off her grandparents. In the interview, she talks about one of the things that she can't undo and that's been really challenging for her to live with is that while she was in this period of having no contact with her family, her grandmother got Alzheimer's and got very sick. And she was never able to repair that relationship with her grandmother And that's something that she has to live with now for the rest of her life. And she said that it is actually very cultish in the way that the doctors and the community encourage these kids, these young people to break ties with their families and loved ones. And there's an agenda behind that because it's part of the destruction of the nuclear family. We are strong communities. We are a strong country 
as Americans because of the nuclear family. And the nuclear family has always been one of America's core values, which the left hates. The left hates the nuclear family. And if they can destroy that, then that makes the society, the citizens dependent upon the government and not with their families and their communities and their loved ones. So that's the ultimate agenda with this whole gender identity and breaking up families and getting people, young people, to be reliant upon the government. And this is kind of a whole separate issue, but reliant upon the pharma industry. Follow the money. Anytime something doesn't look right, follow the money. See who's getting paid from this. And if you look into this issue deeply, and my friend Todd Herman on his podcast, The Todd Herman Show, he talks about this a lot about who's making all the money off of this gender identity and LGBTQ stuff. If you look, there are a lot of people getting rich off of what they're doing to our young people today. That's another podcast. <laughs> but go listen to Todd. He talks about it a lot. And he's been he's been engrossed in this for many years. And so he has all the details. And it's very informative. And, and parents and citizens really need to get involved in this issue because it's not just something that crazy people on the left are doing. It's really taking over our society. So here in Washington schools, our OSPI put out some documents back in February of 2012, 10 years ago, about how schools should inform staff and students and parents about a student's trans transgender status. And in this, they say, and I'm quoting from the information they put out, school staff should not disclose information that may reveal a student's transgender status to others, including parents and other school staff, unless legally required to do so or unless the student has authorized such disclosure. So right there in our state office of superintendent, they are saying that you've got to keep this information secret from parents unless you have specifically received authorization from the student. And a lot of parents in my state don't know about this. You know, a lot of times people will ask me, well, what can I do? And I did a podcast on this the other day about, you know, what can we do about our schools, specifically here in Washington? And it's difficult because we do have these laws in Washington state that allow this garbage to go on. However, like I said, I was talking to my friend who is a lawyer and she said, you can do, you know, take this to a higher level court. You can challenge the constitutionality of what they are doing with this and go above and beyond the state courts. So there is that, which when I think about it, it seems to be a futile attempt. But I think that's what we have to do if we don't start taking these cases where we have a strong case of alienating parents from their child because of their gender identity that the public schools, the government schools have pushed on the kids. If we don't start doing that, we aren't going to break this down. We're not going to break up this indoctrination that's going on. And we have to start challenging these people in the courts. So like I said earlier, if you are in Washington and you think you have a case, please reach out and contact me and let me know because my friend who's a lawyer, like I said, she's got three different groups that are looking for plaintiffs and it's all, there is no charge 
to the client, to the plaintiff. It's all pro bono stuff. It's all already paid for. So please, if, if you think you have a case, please reach out and let me know so I can get you connected. I'm linking a bunch of information for the Washington State OSPI guidelines about the gender inclusive schools. So if you do have children in the government schools here in Washington, please go read that so that you're familiar with how things work, because that will, uh, if you can start having conversations with your kids about what's going on in schools and really opening up that dialogue and and building trust with your kids and, and that relationship you're more likely to find out when something sketchy is going on in the schools. But really don't put it past these people in the schools to scare your children into silence. And the indoctrination that our kids are facing is really strong. And as we know, if you're like our family, we teach our children to respect adults, especially to respect authority and teachers in school. But we're we can't really do that anymore because of what's going on in the schools. And so we can't have those old conversations about respect all of your adults because I'm sorry, but adults that are indoctrinating our children, they don't deserve respect from our kids. And our kids need to stand up for themselves and stand up for truth and be know that they can come to their parents for the support that they need. We're not going to see this whole issue go away anytime soon. In fact, Jen Saki was on with Chris Wallace. Chris Wallace used to be over at Fox News. He has since gone to CNN, which is where he belongs. <laughs> but he did an interview with Jen Saki. I believe it was last night. And he was asking her if teachers should be talking to kindergartners about whether or not they're a girl or a boy. And I'm going to play you that clip. Don't parents have a right to have concern? I mean, we're talking specifically here about teaching about sex in kindergarten through third grade. I have to say, as a parent, I would have problems with that. But the law is not about teaching sex education. It's about teaching about gender identity. And so what, what do you do if a parent or a kid, should I say a kid in one of these elementary schools, says... What about Sally? Sally has two moms. Or I'm not sure if I'm a girl or a boy. I mean, these are kids who are experiencing, um, you know, these moments in their lives. I also think that these are not, there is not a big record of there being either sex education or extensive gender identity education in these schools. And this is creating a problem or a political cudgel about an issue that I don't think exists. That tells you everything you need to know, in my opinion. Her statement on that this is something that is necessary to be taught, really just doubling down on the belief that we should be talking to our youngest students about gender identity and putting in to their minds the idea that maybe you're not a boy or you're not a girl. As a parent of five children, I have enough experience to know that at five years old, and certainly there are exceptions to every rule, but by and large, at five years old, children do not have these ideas in their heads about gender identity and being able to choose from a number of different genders unless an adult puts that into their mind. Here what we're seeing, and I think this particular statement by Jen Psaki is very important for us to take seriously because it speaks to really the the agenda of 
the left in America and where they're going with this and the way that she doubles down and the way that she says it's so important. And, you know, she's speaking specifically to the Florida Parental Rights in Education Bill. And it's a much larger issue than just Florida. This is nationwide. And you're going to see, I believe, this administration take steps to prevent states from doing what Florida is doing. And if you live in a blue state, they will, they're already doing it and will continue to do it. So we as citizens need to stand up to this. We need to be holding our elected officials accountable. We need to be electing people that are going to speak up and speak out about this because what is going on, what is being done to our children is the biggest issue facing our country today. Because if we raise up a generation of confused, divided, easy manipulated children, we're going to have adults that cannot function. They cannot run this country. And that's why I love what these parents in Massachusetts are doing by challenging this If we started seeing this on a much larger scale, if we started seeing these lawsuits pop up from parents around the country, that would make a huge statement. And even if it's something where you feel like, well, we won't win anyway, or it's just, you know, I said earlier, it's just a futile battle. If we don't engage in the battle, if we don't fight the fight, we won't win. We won't even make it difficult for them. We're just continue to let them do what they're doing to our children. They've gotten away with it thus far because it took so many of us, myself included, this long to wake up to what's been going on in our country with the far left. So I'm very encouraged by this. I hope that through this podcast, you will somehow, if you know somebody or you are somebody that is experiencing this and might be a candidate for one of these lawsuits, please reach out to me. If we can start raising our voices as parents, there is nothing stronger than the love and the fight in a parent. I have faith for parents around the country that we are going to continue to rise up. We are continue to speak out. And it gives me great hope for the 2022 election that enough people are going to start paying attention and getting involved in voting and electing people who will stand with us for American values, for the nuclear family and preserving what we hold most dear, which is our children. There is nothing more important than our children and our families and protecting that. Please be sure to check out the show notes. There's a lot of great content that I'm going to be putting in there for you to share today and for you to consume and watch and read. So I hope that you will take the time to go through that. I thank you again for the feedback. Thank you for the topic ideas. It's very helpful. Keep it coming. You can find me Um, all of our social media, all of those links will be in the show notes for you as well. And if you like the podcast, please do me a favor and rate it and share it. That really helps a lot. And I will see you back here next time. 